0: Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 128, and we're talking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're both um, feeling a bit under the weather this week, so we're going to keep it really short, sharp, and informal, and um, we're also working our butts off to get the Indie Travel Podcast magazine off to the printer.
1: Yes, yes. We've uh, left things a little bit late. And um, are now frantically trying to finish up the work that we haven't done. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and in and, and the time-honored tradition of all magazines everywhere.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad we're not doing this monthly, huh?
1: I think that would be an interesting lifestyle choice. Or <laughs> choose not to have a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, you can help us out by um, subscribing to the print magazine. That would be really good for us. And um, you can do that by visiting IndieTravelPodcast.com dot com forward slash magazine. Uh, you can download a free PDF copy, but you can also give us 40 bucks a year and we'll send you four copies of the magazine.
1: Yeah. Or you could just give us 40 bucks a year and read the magazine online for free.
0: Yeah. You could do that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. when this new one comes out December one uh, we 're going to be creating a members' center on site as well, so if you want to download older versions of the magazine or h d video or a couple of other special hints and tricks we 're going to be putting together. Um, yeah, there'll be a a members centre that you can do that and that will hopefully pay for uh, some of our plans for the next year or two.
1: Yeah, well, that's what we're up to at the moment. Apart from getting this magazine sorted, we're trying to plan our life for the next little while and it's proven to be slightly more complicated than we'd hoped. Where, I mean, the idea is we'd like to travel around the world and I'm desperately in love with the idea of South America. And we've got to be in London for a wedding in July. And then we also want to go to Africa and Asia. and Yeah, that pretty much covers most of the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So over the last two weeks, we've been um, plotting and planning and um, skimming through guidebooks and doing lots of Google searches and just basically getting really tired and frustrated and a bit burnt out with this whole travel planning thing.
1: I think it's a lot more complicated because in the past we'd just buy a one-way ticket and see where we ended up. And that worked really well for us because we'd always be planning our next step and Mm. the dream was always alive. And the idea of planning the whole next two years so intricately, which is what we're kind of having to do at the moment, it's just, oh, ah, horrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've really been, like, we've never done a round-the-world trip and that we've never bought a ticket that kind of jumps you from place to place to place to place. Um, We've just, as Linda said, yeah, bought one-way tickets from A to B, stayed there until we got bored and then caught a train, jumped on a ferry, uh, got a lift from someone going in the right direction, or bought another plane ticket. And so, yeah. We always
1: had an exit plan. We always had an idea of how we could leave the place we were entering, but we hadn't usually booked that we hadn't usually paid money (laughs) to get ourselves out of it
0: yeah so while we've been kind of researching around the world trips it's really complex Mm -hmm. i mean what we've found is you need to figure out where you want to go and then try and find a package that works in around that um but there's no package that fits in where we want to go anyway and probably with Everywhere you want to go as well, it just doesn 't happen
1: we 've been looking at the one world around the world tickets, and they are really good they 're quite complicated though i mean they 've made them more simple. The traditional way to do a around the world ticket was to add up all the miles that you 're going by and you, you pay you buy a package and you can use that many miles and you 've got to work out how many miles it is from one point to one point and uh, I just as soon as I saw that, I thought no that 's not for me, <laughs> but um, one world has a new one which basically you You choose how many continents you want to visit, and the price is dependent on that. And then within each continent, you can have a certain number of flights. And it's a really good idea. You have a maximum of, I think, 16 flights or more, depending on how many continents you're doing. So you you fly into one continent, fly around it, go to the next continent, fly around that. Great. Except, again, it was just too much planning because you've got to have booked every single one of those 16 flights before you leave. And... You've got to use the ticket within a year, but you've got to book it before that. And your last flight has to be booked within a year from now. (laughs) So it's just, ah!
0: Shall I try explaining that again? Yeah, it's just so confusing. (laughs) So say we're flying from January to December, Mm -hmm. theoretically. Um, But at the moment, it's only the beginning of November. That's right. So that means when we book the ticket, we need to book every single Flight, all of these sectors, the whole 16, but we're only allowed to book them up to this November. date, November, beginning of November 2010. So we get halfway through the year, and then we've got all of these flights, which are all impossibly scheduled on the same day or right next to each other, because mm. we've had to book them that far mm. in advance. And then we've got to rebook them all and pay rebooking charges. And... My God, it's a freaking mess of a system. That's right. So
1: we decided we didn't really like that. And it worked out quite, quite expensive as well. But we've just found a flight, like a round-the-world flight, that looks like it might work for us. Mm. Only three legs. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Auckland, Vancouver, Frankfurt, Bangkok, Auckland. Uh-huh. Now, doing it this way puts us in the center of things, certainly in Frankfurt and Bangkok, because those are places we want to go. We don't specifically want to go to Frank- Frankfurt, or Bangkok but we know the there's lots of cheap flights around both of these places they set us right in the middle of the continent we want to be in and we can just go from
0: there yeah that's right and um, Vancouver well we love you too
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Vancouver so that's just an added bonus
0: yeah absolutely now like about a month ago we put a, a plan our 2010 travel post on um, the blog, and I'm sure everyone who responded to that is going, what about South America? Ah, (laughs) we got about 20 comments about South America and things to do and places to go. Well, don't worry. We have not forgotten about South America,
1: but it seems that booking a round-the-world flight, including South America, is going to add thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars onto any round-the-world trip that we book. So that's why we've I mean, we haven't booked anything yet, but what we're looking at doing is just going to South America for three months, coming home, and then starting our round-the-world trip.
0: Yeah, isn't that mad? It's so much cheaper to fly from uh, New Zealand to Santiago to Buenos Aires and then back again than it is to fly from New Zealand to Santiago to New York or Vancouver. Mm. It's dumb. It's quite beyond me. I really don't get it. I think it works
1: out roughly about the same to do it that way but it just it kills our flexibility Hmm. that's my big problem with it.
0: yeah but it doesn't really work out the same like after you put in the the, the taxes and stuff it's just stupid i don't know how else to say it you're just burning extra miles going backwards and forwards um and it's cheaper so something's gone hideously wrong with airport pricing from our perspective definitely um, wow. What else to say with us both with sore throats? Not much else, I guess. Um, well, people have been wondering how we've been planning. And so we've got a few guidebooks. Um, we have the Rough Guide to South America and Rough Guide South America First Time.
1: Latin America, uh, Latin America, America.
0: sorry. Yeah. Um, and we've also got a book that one <laughs> of Linda's students gave us, which it's, is the gone, your pronunciation's better than mine.
1: It's the Autoguía, uh, turistica de Colombia. be. <laughs> it's all in Spanish. Yep. So, so I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've got a great, great, great book on Colombia. Yeah. Um but it's all in Spanish and our Spanish is still pretty rubbish even though we've been studying uh, pretty full-on for the well, last one of months. us has
1: been studying pretty full-on for the last two or three months
0: yeah Does, do you and just... what have you been doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so our planning has been mainly based around your traditional guidebooks and then we found the internet really good for finding more details and just double checking stuff like um, visa information, and things like that. So after we've got a rough plan from mm. actually reading a book, yep. we've been following up on details using mainly Google. There hasn't been one real site that we've been hitting up, so it's just been the top half a dozen Google Definitely. results.
1: Yep. Yeah, I like having a book because you can flick through it, and I find I don't get quite so distracted when I'm looking online. Mm. I go off on hundreds of different um you know, sidetracks, yep. and I never actually achieve anything. So having a book to flick through and to to kind of make a plan with, I find that a lot easier.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's us. That's how we've been planning so far. And, um, yeah, I guess that's the end of this week's Indie Travel Podcast. So until next week, travel well.